What's up, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your week. Happy Wednesday. This is Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. <gasps> this is uh, Gridiron Grunts. We are socially constipated. We are back yet again to get you ready for this upcoming NFL season. Uh, we are in the second to last of our division preview episodes. Going to be talking about the NFC West in just a little bit. Next week, of course, will be the AFC West. And then we'll have one final episode as just a general season kickoff before week one and get you prepped for that as well. So we are getting there. Seth, Ooh. preseason football has begun. I know you made some bets and saw some games. Uh, it feels good to be seeing ball on TV again, huh? Oh, yeah. I love balls on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were talking before the, the we started recording. I'm getting really excited for the upcoming season. Um a lot of a lot of thing a lot of I mean I think because of the the pandemic and covid and everything like that we've had more time to kind of like I guess like brew and ruminate on some of the rumors and storylines that are going into the season and obviously we started doing this and now it kind of feels like real again with fans being in the stadiums fingers crossed hopefully that continues to happen so yeah I think I feel like this year more than any football's like back back yeah, I was excited for it last year, and, and it was great because there was nothing else to do mm-hmm. but talk football. But yeah. now it's going to be back really in full form. I am, I think I'm 26 or 27 days out now from the home opener at SoFi Stadium, which, oof. The other day they posted it's Marshall Falk days until the kickoff. So 28. <laughs> Very stoked to get over to SoFi. When it's 16 days left, they could do it's Jared Goff days. I, I hope they do that. That would be fucking hilarious, actually, <laughs> if they did. I know they'll do Stafford days away. They did yeah. Aaron Donald days away a while ago, obviously 99. a while ago. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty fun. I was like, uh, the social media profiles for the individual teams are typically kind of fun. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't follow a lot of teams, but the Rams one is is, is pretty good. They, they're they pretty hip and, and some funny stuff occasionally, but... We are going to get into some headlines in just a second, but first, want to make sure folks know to head out to sociallyconstipatedpod.com. That's where you'll get links to all of our social media profiles. All of our episodes are out there. You can go out and comment. It's also where you can join our mailing list so you don't miss anything that is coming out from Socially Constipated. And you can click the button in the top right of the homepage to become an anchor wanker and uh, send us a couple bucks each month to keep the show going. Really appreciate those of you anchor wankers who are out there now. Don't forget, too, if you're out on the website, comment on this episode. Let us know if you want to be in our fantasy league. Uh, Just a couple weeks left to get signed up for that. So if you're hearing this and you want to participate, now's the time. Make sure you get in touch with us so that we can get you on our list. And then in a couple weeks, we'll be talking about some of the other games uh, that we'll be playing with you throughout the season. Well, we're also excited too. Seth and I have been talking about getting all of our bets Mm -hmm. that we've been mentioning uh, up on the website so that you guys can track and and we can kind of see how we've done over the course of the season. So I am working on that as a page. And so hopefully sometime real soon, uh, we'll have that up for for y'all to see. So lots of good stuff, again, happening out on sociallyconstipatedpod.com. I may regret saying this in the future, but I think it, based off of preseason, I think it's going to be a good year for the bets, at least so far. I, I'm, I'm, I have a winning record so far in the preseason. I'm 3-2, and two, I believe. I, I did have to break out some of my degenerative behavior uh, to bet <laughs> on the preseason. But I bet on the Washington and New England game. I bet the money line for New England, which was at minus 130, and I bet the under at 37. The 30, I think it ended at 35 with a late uh, touchdown, so that was kind of close, and that was minus 110. And then I got fucked. I got really fucked by Detroit. <laughs> I had Detroit uh, money line minus 125, and 
they were winning and there was a minute and like 15 left and Jake Fromm for the Bills threw a fucking bomb deep and then the uh, the they it was I think he went out at like the 15 and then uh Buffalo kicked the field goal to win uh, with like not much time left at all like 10 seconds or whatever so I got oh, fucked man. on that one and then then I was like well fuck it I'm gonna try and win it back big so I did a parlay of all money line Chicago Jacksonville Tampa Bay and Green Bay that would pay, that was plus four eighty nine. That didn't hit. Only Chicago won. And then I made it all up with Indy, and they had a last second score. Uh, I had them money line at minus one sixty five, so that hit against Carolina. So nice. If this is any indication, I bet on five games or three. I guess technically with the parlay, but three three games in total. I guess or three days. I had no idea what I was doing. Now I'm gonna think that I have some like know what I'm doing with the actual <laughs> season, and there's gonna be way more than that. It's going to be good. We're going to get rich this fall. Don't worry. Uh, if, if you don't know how to get rich, just listen to us. Uh, Seth, Seth is going to make millionaires out of everybody. It's going to be good stuff. It's going to be good stuff. Tough beat on that uh, Bills one, though. Loser. Oh, Yikes. Sucked. We'll have to keep track of the worst beats, too, with the season. And then, like, at the end of the year, we can do a little award ceremony for the worst beat. <laughs> That would be fun. I, I, whenever I get bad beats, which is by the way my favorite segment on SVP's Sports Center, is, mm-hmm. is always bad beats. I, whenever I get a bad beat, you're gonna fucking hear about it. It's good now that I have a forum to do this because you you hear about all my bad beats anyway. I get yeah. pissed. <laughs> uh, so it's gonna be some entertainment, uh, entertaining podcasts uh, if if I'm losing money. Um, so I make sure you all stay tuned for that. And last year, yeah, you did a lot more betting on games than I did. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't really yeah. able to, with the in Iowa prior to January first of this year of 2021, you could only bet on your phone if you like went to a casino and like signed up and everything. And um, then you had to use like their app. And then January first, they opened online betting up to for sports to like any app, FanDuel, DraftKings, all that stuff. And so I I really was only able to bet on like the playoffs last year. And there's so there's a limited amount of games and all that stuff. This year I got the full season. You know the full slate of games every week. Got the same game parlays. I'll still be doing DraftKings. I'm about to lose a lot of money this upcoming season. I think. <laughs> nah, man, we're getting rich. Uh, don't forget to become an anchor wanker so that you can help Wanka. keep Seth eating uh, after <laughs> all of those bad beats. <laughs> One last thing too. Don't forget August 25th. That's a week from now. That is a Wednesday night. We're going to be doing a live recording of the Entertainment Outhouse over on J Buck Studios YouTube page at Jared Buckendall. It's going to be at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, hour-long show. We hope you'll join us. Super fun. Join us in the comments. Let us know kind of what you're thinking of the movies we're reviewing and talking about and the news topics and that. So, again, that's a week out. Uh, head over to JBuck Studios and subscribe ahead of time so that you don't miss that one. I think the table is set here, uh, so let's get into some headlines here with this week's bathroom reading. Sitting on toilet. Sitting on toilet. We were talking a bit before the show, and I was surprised to find out the age uh, of Jamal Adams. It, you know, he's, he's the guy that just got traded from the Jets last season for a bunch of picks to yeah, Seattle. Two, two first-rounders. Yeah. He's a heck of a player. He's been good on one of the only good players on the Jets uh-huh. who seem to love to trade all their good uh, players that they draft. So they do that. He played for the second half of the season in Seattle, made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. on that defense and allowed them to make a playoff push that ended up falling a little bit short. But Adams, all offseason, uh, I think the, the question has been, is he going to sign a deal? Is he going to stay with Seattle? Uh, and Seth, we got the answer in a pretty major way this week. Big payday for Jamal Adams. I know it's $38 million guaranteed, four-year, $70 million. 
So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge contract. Um, highest paid safety in the league. Yeah, like you said, only 25. And he made a huge difference on that Saints defense. They go from being a, a bad defense to at least a, a res- somewhat respectable defense with him out there. You definitely at least have to... And the thing that's great about him is is he's great at, you know, what all safeties are good at, you know, with, with protecting the pass. But he is going to get up to the line of scrimmage and hit some people, too. Mm-hmm. And so he's all over the field. He's a huge difference maker, you know, for that defense. So it's good that they did that. But they also kind of had to. You trade around, yeah. trade away two first-round picks for half a season and don't resign the guy. That That's probably the worst look that you could have other than trading away your entire draft for, you know, a running back a la the Vikings. <laughs> so, you know, it, it they had to, but it's good that they did because they need that, – that defense has been bad for a little bit. They have some older veterans, and, a, you know, Bobby Wagner's still very good, but Jamal Adams makes that defense at least not the, you know, the, the a glaring problem, at least kind of gives them a, a fighting shot when they're out on the field. Yeah, Adams definitely a difference maker. Uh, I saw I watch a lot of Seattle, and so I saw how big a jump they made. It was yeah. just it was it was unfortunate that it coincided with their offense all of a sudden sucking, and, and I don't know why that was. But I almost think I, I was thinking about that when when before um, we kind of started. But I think that was almost a, a product of it of him going there and making that defense better. I think that it gave. Carol, Pete Carroll, maybe more confidence in wanting to move back to that style of football where they've been so successful and what he's always kind of liked, where it's run the ball, play good defense. And I almost mm-hmm. wonder if like it just made him be like, okay, our defense is, is better now. We don't have to rely on scoring points as much. You know, let's try and play the, the clock and run the football. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That is how he likes to play. And we're going to talk a lot more about Seattle uh, a little bit later on, but Adam's definitely a tough player. I know he's a good player because I hate the guy <laughs> and he's in division. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel. You mentioned him getting up around the line of scrimmage. He set an NFL record last year, nine and a half sacks from a defensive back in just 12 Crazy. games. That's a season record. Crazy. He's he's freaky when he gets up around the <laughs> around the line and he'll fucking hit you too uh, in a mm-hmm. running back as well. Whether or not he can hold up in coverage, I think is the, is the question mark uh, according to this article from USA Today at least. So we'll see, but Adam's definitely going to be a focal point on that Seattle defense, which will be important to them having some success. So more to come definitely on Seattle tonight. But first, let's talk about a little preseason. We had the first of our preseason games, the Hall of Fame game, obviously, a couple weeks back and the first full slate this past weekend. Seth, just a couple general topics on preseason. I want to start with the starter treatment. This is kind of something that the Rams have and Sean McVay have really spearheaded these last few years going back to Todd Gurley, I think, in like 18 or 19 basically just don't play starters in the entire preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, McVay has come out and said Stafford's not going to see the field. Henderson, uh, starting running back in absence of Cam Akers, not going to see the field. A number of other players and other teams have taken this approach as well with some of their starters. Rodgers probably won't play a snap and and you know certain other guys who you know, you'd hate to see a guy go down at a preseason game of all places. Mm-hmm. You know, this experiment's been going on for a few years. In the Rams case, I haven't seen any real issue with it. There's not been an uptake in injuries in the early part of the season or and and they've started out hot. When you look around the league at some of these guys who are sitting the entire preseason, is that is that something you're you're liking? Do you wish you would see them on the field or you think this is just a smart move? for some of these guys that they're paying way too much to be hurt. <laughs> right. I would prefer if my team didn't, you know, put out the starters other than, you know, they can set, send Kirk Cousins out there without uh, <laughs> an offensive line and I'd be okay with that. But uh, 
yeah, I, I would prefer them not get hurt. Uh, I also kind of like to see how, how everything's looking in the preseason, but ultimately at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. None of what happens in the preseason matters. So it, it's it's really more of a – the preseason's used really just to see who's going to make your team. Yeah. And if you already know you have, you know, uh, all these starters that are – unless there's a real fucking battle, like with the Patriots or sure. with Denver or with New Orleans – those I think those those should probably you should probably play your guys then because you need to figure out who the fuck your team is going to be. But for the most case, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't want to have my starters out there. That shit's nerve wracking. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> of course, it just makes week one all the more nerve wracking because you mm-hmm. hope they're loose. But yeah. I don't know. You had talked just about, you know, how much preseason matters. And, and there was a lot of attention around the league on Saturday, which was a big uh, slate of preseason games. And you had a lot of debuts from the rookie quarterbacks, right? Trevor Lawrence played that day. McCorkle played that day. (laughs) Justin Fields played. I saw a few headlines. It sounded like Justin Fields looked really good. I know he scored a couple Mm -hmm. of touchdowns. Saw a little bit here and there. Did any of the debuts stick out to you as being especially promising? Or are you leaning just more on, ah, it doesn't matter. Let's wait till we see them on the field. Anything that stuck out to you from these guys making their first starts? Not necessarily like the players themselves. Um, Probably more around the teams. I think that, I mean, in terms of the players themselves, though, I think they all kind of did what they would hoped. I mean, none of them disappointed, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Even Zach Wilson, um, people were saying, yeah, he looks good. I think everyone did probably what they needed to do to, like, instill a little bit of confidence. No one looked like, you know, shit. But it also is against, you know, maybe not the first team defense or you don't have the first team offense entirely out there, or blah, 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 blah. So it's really, again, not going to truly know you're truly not going to know how they are until it matters. The The one thing I did, I did see Justin um, or Trevor Lawrence. I watched uh, his, his drives that he was playing and that offensive line is bad. He was getting hit a lot. So, and this is a preseason game. He's getting hit a lot. So that'll be tough for him. I think this year. And then I did catch some of Fields' highlights and yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's looking impressive, but again, he, he played, he, he struggled the, his first his first couple drives. He struggled against the first team defense, and as soon as they left is when he was lighting it up. So it's still kind of one of those things. Like I don't know if you can truly judge it until you get everyone out there. Yeah, Fields was quoted after the game. I think he said something like he was surprised at the slowness of the game. And I remember thinking, okay, yeah, I'm sure you're gonna think it's slow when it's Aaron Donald coming <laughs> yeah. uh, during week one, and not you yeah. know Jim Thompson who's gonna get cut next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'll even be out there uh, against the Rams week one. Yeah, we'll see. I saw a couple articles saying get Fields in there, um, but you're right. It's you know scramble and make a touchdown against the second team defense is something a lot of guys can do. So yeah. we'll see how the preseason progresses and and whether or not some of these guys ascend and and get into these spots. The Saints are an interesting one. They don't have rookies. They're just trying to figure out if they have a quarterback on their roster. And they had a nightmare <laughs> right. of a day, a shitload of turnovers in their game. So I don't think they learned much new. Going to be interesting to see what. Uh, what comes out of the Saints? I I still think you got to go Winston, but uh, who knows? Maybe they are going to learn some things from these preseason games to make that decision. The more and more I've been hearing from some quote unquote experts in the NFL, it's going to be Taysom Hill. It sounds like uh, it just with because he got the he was the starter last year during that time when when Breeze was out, and I think generally it sounds like Sean Sean Payton favors him and likes the way his offense ran with him. So I think we might be getting some real boring Saints football this year. Well. 
that's a shame. Uh, you won't catch me watching the Saints if it's got Hill, but that is also going to put a real damper in my comeback player of the year prediction for, uh, for James Winston. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're not going to put that one on the website, I don't think. Um, no, you got to put it up there. You may have already answered this question, but I, I was just looking around the league and saw some, you know, big takeaways. You always get the overreaction theater and stuff like that. A lot of hype around some of these guys, some of these teams. It, I'll just ask you the question, is, it, is, is any of this meaningful information? Is any of it believable? Is there any bit of hype that you thought, okay, yeah, that one seems legit. Are we really all just filling time until week one here? Yeah, again, it's I, you can probably take little bits and pieces, and I'm sure coaches take plenty from it. But for when it comes down to like what we're gonna get in the regular season, it really, I mean, the Lions went four and zero the season they went zero and sixteen. So it's like, who in the preseason they went four and zero? So it's like, who cares? <laughs> totally get that. I, I don't even watch. I've I've not watched a preseason game, and I couldn't tell you when the last one I watched mm-hmm. maybe maybe I was betting on it when we were at Vegas for a draft a few years ago or something but right actually that is yeah that is the last time I had a parlay uh four game parlay and the Rams actually were the ones that boned me on that that was unfortunate <laughs> but they do stink well their preseason stinks because they don't play any other guys but <laughs> <laughs> well we'll come back to the Rams in a little bit as well preseason definitely underway and one of the things that I think was Definitely in the news and definitely got some attention over this last week is the new taunting rules. Folks who watch the Super Bowl are going to remember Tyreek Hill giving a peace sign to people as he's running by them. And then, you know, then after that, someone from the Bucks gives him a peace sign. I think it was Winfield maybe at the end of the game gave a peace sign. And they wanted to take a closer look at the taunting rules in general. I love taunting, but obviously there has to be a line. Otherwise, these guys are going to be fighting each other. Sounds like, Seth, they're really cracking down, though. And I know there was at least one example over the weekend where folks thought maybe it was a little much, uh, mm-hmm. a little too far with the new rule. But let me show you this clip here, um, and we'll link it in the description box if anyone wants to check that out uh, at the sociallyconstipatedpod.com. For me, it did seem like a little much, but let's see what you think. Good God. Yeah, he's running hard. That's a hell so it's like of a 15-yard game, Who is that? and that's the move right there. Wow. The refs were fucking, they were trying to screw me out of my goddamn money line bet, too, weren't they? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is the Indianapolis game. It's LeMay. LeMay. And LeMay keeps the legs going, still moving the pile. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Because he was, so if he was facing the other way and did that, then he probably wouldn't have got fined or penalized. I think so. I, I don't know what the rule says, but he is. He's not standing over the defender here, but. He's aiming towards him. He's aiming at him, and he's definitely looking, you know, he's, so he's he looking at him. he around and did it. He would have been fine. okay, I think, right? Yeah. I, when I first saw that they were cracking down on taunting, I thought, you know, oh, yeah, you don't want retaliation, and that seems necessary. This is not that. This, yeah, I don't, and, unless he said something, unless he used maybe a word that they're not supposed to be using out there. Yeah. Which fucking. I'm not going to tell these guys what they can and can't say on the field. I, yeah. I don't know why the ref would try to. <laughs> Some old white man definitely is not going to be able to tell him not to say that. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> the taunting penalty is one that could potentially have a big effect on games. Th- this uh-huh. run here, this was a 15-yard run for a first down that was negated entirely by the 15-yard yeah. taunting penalty. If it's during a play that's a touchdown, you still get the touchdown. 
but you know the PAT is knocked back now. If it happens after a first down play or you know a big play during a, a potential game-winning drive, like this could change the effects of games. Hopefully they get this honed in to just what's necessary because yeah, you can't be just doing anything out there. But I feel like as fans, uh, tell me if you agree with this, Seth. Don't you feel like as a fan when you're watching, you can there's a you can feel when it's much when it's too much. And, yeah. and this this one did not look like that whatsoever. The peace signs in the Super Bowl, you had to kind of stop that before it got out of hand. I don't, I don't know if this is something you can write a rule about. I think it's more something the ref has to feel out. Yeah, especially, I mean, like what that guy did, basically, he stood up and kind of flexed. I think that's almost just like a like a release in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's like a natural reaction. Yeah, the peace signs and like the ones where people are like getting in people's faces or not letting them up, standing over them entirely so they can't get up, shit like that. That, I don't like that. But if you're just reacting to something and you're like, yeah, or like clapping or jumping or whatever, like that's just something naturally happens. That shouldn't be penalized. No, I don't think so either. Hopefully the refs can figure this out. They figured out what a catch is, and that seemed to go okay last year. So <laughs> hopefully they keep the momentum rolling. Isn't that funny? We haven't talked about what's a catch and what's not in a long time. Yeah, kind of. That was it's... the only thing we talked about for a while. Yeah. The refs got to stay involved somehow. So taunting <laughs> going to get you flagged more this season. So we'll see how much that is that affects games. So we got some preseason reaction. We got uh, taunting being emphasized now and Jamal Adams getting paid. And that's going to wrap up our headlines for the week. So we will turn our attention now to our division preview of the NFC West, NFC best, as we like to say out here in the Pacific time zone. And we will start with Jamal Adams team, the Seattle Seahawks. Let's take a look at some acquisitions for the season. (laughs) Their entirety of three draft picks. Yeah, they got three draft. I'll just read you the entirety of their draft. They, in the second round, pick. 56. They got Dwayne Eskridge, a wide receiver from Western Michigan. The one then position the f- they don't need. Yeah, no shit. We're good at wide receiver. What should we draft in round two? Uh, wide, wide receiver. receiver. <laughs> but we don't have any defensive linemen. Uh, did they catch the ball? No. Okay. Or, well, then or offensive linemen. Yeah, no shit. A lot of people don't know this, but Seattle actually has a rule. If you weigh over 260, you can't be drafted. So, <laughs> Trey Brown, defensive back out of Oklahoma, was their fourth round pick. And then Stone Forsyth, look at this, an <sighs> offensive tackle from Florida, uh, picked four, in round, round six. Yeah. So we'll see if he makes a team. De- his name is awesome, though. Stone Forsyth. Yeah, He's, Yeah. he definitely sounds like an action-adventure hero. I'd feel pretty good if a guy named Stone was protecting me. For whatever. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That's an action hero name. Offensive lineman on name alone. They do have a lot of activity in the free agency department, as do a lot of teams who trade away all their draft picks. They bring in Carlos Dunlap, who I think he was on. Yes, yeah, some of these are re-signings. Carlos Dunlap, Chris yeah. Carson, who's awesome. uh, had a really good couple of years as a running back that no one's yeah. watching. Yep. Um, Gabe Jackson, uh, offensive guard, and then Kerry Hyder, uh, who's a defensive end that you've never heard of. RL still on the team. Gerald Everett, who's a tight end from the Rams last year, a uh, really Gerald. solid receiving tight end. He joins the team. And I know tight end is something that Wilson, Russell Wilson, was bitching about when he wanted to go elsewhere. So I think that was partially a reactive that. sign. And he'll be a nice piece, I think, on that offense. It hasn't had a good receiving tight end. They've had a receiving tight end that you know about because Russ likes to throw to him. But this seems like the first time in a while that there's one that's like actually specifically talented at receiving. I think this was a good signing. Yeah, Will Disley was good for a bit, and then he blew out his leg, so then that didn't work. But he was a second-round tight end. He had some pedigree behind him. They bring in a corner 
Akello Witherspoon, not not familiar with him. And then a few linemen, Ethan Pacek, who's a center, and they bring in a, a tackle and a guard as well. Shaq Griffin is now elsewhere. I don't remember where. Jacob Hollister, the tight end. Carlos Hyde. And then David Moore and Philip Dorsett are all departures. So Did he go to the Bucks? Shaq Griffin. Jaguars. Jags. Uh, three okay. years, 44 million. Close. Griffin's solid player. Uh, I, yeah. I like him a lot. He's he's a guy that I'm surprised they didn't try to hang on to. Maybe they just got outbid. I don't think nice they had player. a great cap situation either. Because, yeah, they. I mean, he was complaining about tight end, but he was mostly complaining about offensive line. He hasn't had any help. And the help they brought in has either been too old or not, or, like, just failed. Like, their expectations didn't hit. That That's the main issue for them is, and it's going to happen again. He's going to be running all over the field again this year. <laughs> Unless they stick to the running game. Because, yeah, like you said, Chris Carson is – he, I mean, he's a he's a great running back that, like you said, no one knows about. If if you ask like a general like NFL fan who the running back on the the Seahawks is, they would be like, I don't know, Marshawn Lynch. Like, and and <laughs> yeah. Chris Carson is he's run for a thousand yards in like most of his seasons in the NFL, so he's really good and he's capable of, as he's shown, running behind a not good offensive line. In terms of Russell Wilson's complaints, I don't think he really got a whole lot of what he wanted. No. I was surprised and shocked, really, when he came out and said, you know, I'm coming back because nothing had happened. It was kind of mm-hmm. like the Rogers situation in that yeah. way. And I, I don't know what happened with either of those. But, yeah, there was not a not really any meaningful upgrades along the offensive line, which I thought was a little bit strange. But the rumor was the Bears had offered three firsts, three firsts and like a second, I think, for Russell Wilson. They were like, nah. They don't have a first round pick. They're like they're almost like the Rams. They don't they don't have a first round pick for a couple of years still. They could have had a whole draft. They could essentially had a whole draft for Russell Wilson and they didn't take it. I don't think he's going to stay there long term. It's going to be interesting to see. Definitely a lot of talk around, you know, maybe a bigger market, better weather place for him, you know, if he does want to get multiple more Super Bowl rings. I'm not sure it's going to happen in Seattle. You know, who knows what he thinks of Pete Carroll and, and everybody else around there. But Seattle's an interesting, I think, team this year. They obviously, they won this division last year. They lose in the playoffs. And they were looking bad at the end of last year. They, they were looking really tough in the first half of the year and then just yeah. kind of just, pooped. you know, pooped it out at the end <laughs> of the year, even though that defense was coming on. So they yeah. did hire a new offensive coordinator this year, Shane Waldron, who was the Rams pass coordinator last year. And the Rams weren't great through the air, but they're more, I think, dynamic than Seattle has been, mm-hmm. except for just the physicality of their wide receivers. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe he'll be able to figure out how you score touchdowns without blocking. I don't know. But this is, you look at the skill positions around here, though, Seth, this is this is an offense that definitely has the firepower. You talk about Russell yeah. Wilson. Chris Carson, we mentioned, he's backed up by Rashad Penny. He's a solid second option at running back. DK Metcalf has become a superstar really fucking fast. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Lockett is the least talented five-time Pro Bowler I'm aware of, <laughs> but, but has been playing really well. Freddie Swain is the third option here. And then Dwayne Eskridge, who was the draft pick that we mentioned a second ago. By the way, Will Disley's still on this roster. Um, yeah. He's, he's shown on the depth chart as backing up Gerald Everett. He came back like the middle half of last year, but came off an Achilles mid-season that's really hard to do mm-hmm. so I feel like he'll be a little bit more involved this year in this defense you know you talked about it they got their stars Jamal Adams Quandre Diggs a really good really good safety yeah. 
Bobby Wagner at linebacker. It looks like they're maybe going to start the rookie Witherspoon. Hmm. Or no, this is he's not a rookie. He was acquired in free agency, sorry, from San Francisco, it looks like. So he, he may be a new starter on that defense. But I don't see anything really in the defensive line either here yeah. that excites and me. So along the along the line of scrimmage here, I think is it sounds like you agree, Seth, that Seattle could struggle. Yeah, Wagner's, I mean, he's good along. He, he's good at protecting the run and, and rushing the passer, but he can't do everything. And yeah, Diggs is good, but he's second year he's still coming along yeah I, I that that defense will be i mean like like we talked about jamal adams makes a world of difference but i think that the defense will be exploitable here's hoping for your rams fan here let's take a look at the cash see if you can make some dollar bills on the seahawks here as far as the super bowl odds go plus 2000 for me not a good no. enough payday to no. bet on seattle you agree yeah, I don't think they, they're not one of my dark horses. So no, <laughs> I do not agree yeah. with that. Really tough division in a tough NFC in general this year. If this were like plus 3,000, plus 3,500, I'd think about it because you still got Russ and, and a lot of veterans on that team. 2,000 doesn't seem like quite enough. Maybe Vegas thinks more of Seattle than we do. Uh, let's take a look at the win totals and see if that's reflected there. We've got the over-under set right at 10 games. And yeah, Vegas doesn't know what to do. It's minus 110 on both the over and the under. So I guess this is really just a question of which is more likely. You think they're getting to 11 wins or do you think they're going to be more like a 500 team? I would love to see this as a 500 team. It's a really tough NFC West this year. They do have a first place schedule as well. So yeah. maybe this is maybe this is wishful thinking, but I, I, I don't feel bad about the under here. I certainly I feel better under. about them winning nine games than like 12. Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to take a step back this year. I think they'll finish fourth. In the, in the division. And, wow, okay. You know, they'll, I think they'll split. Maybe They'll probably lose a series to, like, probably the Rams. Rams or Arizona, one of those two. I think one of those two teams will be the clear lead in that division. I would probably lean towards the Rams. So probably they'll probably lose two to those and then, like, split with the other two teams. So that's four losses there automatically, I think. And then I don't think it's that hard to, to come up with the rest with a first-place schedule, like you mentioned, and a team that's kind of lost some pieces and didn't do a whole lot to make that team better. I want to agree. I really want to agree with you, and I, I do in general. I, I, Put I it up there the for under. me. That's one of my bets, the under. Mine, oh, like shit. Here we go. Seth's dumping on Seattle, and we're going we're gonna to like memorialize it. that I've, one. I love this. I've, do, I've done this almost every year. <laughs> I, I, I always, like, with how you are with the Chargers, I always think the Seahawks are going to be worse than they are, like, every time. I think it this year though it happens. We shall see. Let's let's look at these conference champion or division championships because this is a, a really I think thick division here. Vegas has them third, so plus two eighty to win the division behind San Francisco and L.A. in that order, which we'll we'll talk about some more. I Such hope you're right. Weird order. I hope they do stink. Yeah, this is weird. This is not the order I would have in a million years yeah. come up with. We will see what Russ can cook up in Seattle this year. See if he can make some money on the Seahawks. Show me the money! All right, we look now at your eventual Super Bowl champion, LA Rams, talking about acquisitions first. Rams always an active free agency team. Got a couple big additions this year. They had Matthew Stafford. Obviously, we've talked at length, as every sports person has, about Stafford coming in in the exchange for golf. Deshaun Jackson, I think, is an interesting addition. Uh, obviously, you know, known historically for his speed, deep threat for sure. A little bit one-dimensional maybe, unless you add in the, the punt return or kick return aspect for Jackson. I do like this signing in what was already a pretty good uh, wide receiver room, so he can kind of niche down a little bit. 
and focus on the, the, the deep ball here. So I like the signing of Jackson. And then Leonard Floyd was a guy who was potentially on his way out of LA that they were able to retain by getting him to sign an extension. Obviously the Stafford deal is the biggest one, uh, but for my money, Floyd was maybe the most important in terms of keeping this team in general as competitive as it has been and back in the playoffs. You talk about putting Floyd across from Aaron Donald and having both those guys excellent pass rushers, uh, that was a big, big get for them. So that was maybe the thing I was most excited to see in terms of them re-signing someone. So Floyd sticks around. And then a lot of high-level players exited the Rams. So you got Goff, obviously, who's not what I was just talking about. Yeah, um, <laughs> we talked about John Johnson last week. He's now on Cleveland. I think that's an excellent signing for them. Troy Hill also is at Cleveland. He's a cornerback. Samson Ibukam, who was a favorite of mine. He's a guy I was hoping they would retain. He is elsewhere. Gerald Everett, we just talked about going to Seattle. And then Malcolm Brown, who I forget where he's off to. But, Miami. Um, it is Miami, yes. So some good players on the way out. Obviously, you know, Akers hurt. So it's going to look like a different lineup, but not overly. So I think a lot of the key players are going to stick around and be back this year. Taking a look <laughs> at the draft for the Rams. Of course, the Rams don't draft in the first round. Everybody knows that rule. Never. Interestingly, they're the 31st ranked draft class out of 32 teams, according to oh, NFL.com. So uh, <laughs> the Saints, Saints are last. So some of the signings here, Tutu Atwell was interesting. I think, again, another wide receiver. I think the smallest guy drafted is 5'8", just about 5'9", 155 pounds. Can't teach um, that. You can't teach that. And I, I want to think that Les Snead and the Rams are smart guys. I would have a really hard time drafting a guy who's not even 160. Like I've weighed, <laughs> I've weighed what he weighs, and I no one's ever thought I belong on a fucking football field. He's fast as hell. Everybody likes that. I'm sure they're going to use him in the, you know, the 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 jet sweep game. But I don't know. What do you? Th- he's not the only small guy that's been drafted this year. Seth, do you like this trend of these tiny wide receivers? Do you think it's going to last? I know you got a good look at Percy Harvin a few years ago. Are there more Percy Harvins out here in a, in a he, positive or negative way? He wasn't a great receiver, though. Even at Florida, he was more of a running back than he was a receiver. They tried making him into more of a receiver in the NFL, and that did not work super well. I mean, in terms of the some of the smaller guys, I mean, Brown's not the biggest guy. He's six foot, but he's not the biggest guy. Tyreek Hill, smaller guy. I mean, so there, there are some guys that it's worked out for. Tutu is going to be an interesting experiment. I could see it either going where he fucking just lights up the field has a bunch of long plays or whatever and the rams are like again ahead of the curve on this stuff or he is awful and is a huge bust <laughs> i don't think there's much of an in-between like he's mm-hmm. either going to be gone from the league in you know two years or he's going to be you know like a, a smaller tyree kill and just like everyone's gonna love him or i guess people don't love tyree kill but everyone's gonna he's gonna impress people i hope it's that one we'll see Obviously, a lot of talent there, so it's not like they need to rely on him a ton. They bring in also in round three a linebacker, Ernest Jones from South Carolina. They get uh, a D tackle as well as another corner and a tight end in the fourth, and then some other guys down the line here. So it's not not a very explosive draft. I think whether or not you like that two-two Atwell pick is is going to determine what you think of that draft. But you know the Rams already had most of their talent. You know you look at the the skill yeah. positions here. It's Darrell Henderson who's right now the starter in place of the injured Cam Akers. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson, Tutu Atwell. For my money, one of the top wide receiving rooms in the league. Obviously Tyler Higby, who's I think going into his fourth, third or fourth season. Pretty solid receiving tight end who can block as well. Andrew Whitworth, the old guys back at left tackle. They're returning a lot of the offensive line here, which was really yeah. solid last year, which excites me. And then on the defense, Jalen Ramsey got paid. 
this summer. And then Aaron Donald is obviously sticking around. They had some turnover in the uh, in the secondary and, and in the linebacking core. But this is a defense under a new coordinator now, Raheem Morris, who was on the terrible Atlanta Falcons defense last year, which is a little nerve-wracking for me. But uh, Rams defense, if, if not as good as last year, which it would be hard to be their number one, <laughs> should still be a solid unit. So... People know what I think of the Rams. Seth, what's what's your probably slightly more objective opinion on this roster uh, as you look at how it's changed over from last season? I mean, they suck. They're going to be so <laughs> fucking bad. No, I mean, I th- I, I th- if I were to put money on it, I would say they're my favorite for that division. I think they're with Stafford. I, Stafford's the X factor here. We've talked. I mean, we, I've said it a hundred times now on this podcast. Getting to see him play for how many years against Minnesota, it's always been apparent that he's way more talented than people give him credit for or really know about. I still don't think people are giving him enough credit. Even like football analysts and experts don't put him up there and as one of the top, you know, five, ten guys in the league. And I think this year he's gonna show everyone why he should be. Even guys like Aaron Rodgers give him credit for being for how good he is and that no one knows it. And I think this year people are gonna know it and the the Rams are gonna be right. They were they're only a couple years removed with probably a better defense from being in the Super Bowl. And now their offense is probably going to be better. Like they're going to be a tough team. Although I did J- Justin Jefferson today said he has uh, the week 16 circled on his calendar against Jalen Ramsey. So uh, I think Ramsey's going to get embarrassed in week 16. But other than that, I think they're going to do good. I think Jefferson's got it circled for the same reason I have it circled. It's going to be a vacation day for him. He's not planning on working <laughs> that day. Uh, he's he might be out there, but he's not going to be uh, not going to be doing his job. I think is why he's got that circled. Everybody's got their day against Jalen Ramsey circled because that's when they know they don't have to use their hands. It's also the day after Christmas, so I mean, like everyone's probably got it circled. That's a holiday or whatever, you know, holiday time. Jalen Ramsey, unfortunately, he's not going to earn his paycheck that day. I think Justin Jefferson's going to have to take it from him. Well, I don't think ever, any wide receiver ever has gotten the best of Jalen Ramsey, so I'm sure it's going to be second-round guy catching Kirk Cousins' passes. Uh, second-round? That's going to be the first, er, first um, second-year, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> second-year wideout, the day after eating a bunch of ham. is uh, He's going to be the guy, finally, to shut Ramsey up, I'm sure. He will. Him or Adam Thielen, one of the two. Easy money on the Rams. They are plus 1,500 to win the Super Bowl. I would say bet <laughs> it now. Uh, it's going to go down when they're 8-0, people, so you might as well get your money on there now. These are the best odds you're going to find. They are the seventh best odds out of any team, so plus 1,500. Go ahead and go ahead and take that one to the bank. That's easy money. And the win total regular season for L.A. I haven't looked at this yet, so I'm interested to find out. Okay, so 10.5 games. So they've got them a half game better than Seattle. Over 10.5 games is going to get you plus 120. Under 10.5 games, Ooh. minus 140. It's a big number, Seth. I know I can't be objective here. I think this is an 11, 12, 13 win team. Uh, I know it's a tough division. I like I like the over here, especially because the odds are good. It's going to be a nice payday for me. The over at plus money, I think, is one of that's, that's I like that. He Throw likes that on there, too. Throw it on there. Oh man, Seska, I like I like how you got some you got some big swings in the NFC West. I, I'm liking this, uh, and I, I like it even more when they all, agree with what I want. I think that division is all fucking. It's the odds are all over the place, and it's I think it's predicted pretty wrong in a lot of cases here. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, take the over and the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Easy cash. You can retire next year. Show me the money. We love that. We love that. Big Put money it on out. The bet slip. Put it on the slip. Get that bet slip up on Should the wall. Should we just parlay there. all of them? All of our picks. We might as well. Any any to do with the Rams. Do a 17 game parlay on them to win every game. <laughs> then then also take the over. That'll hit. And then take the Super Bowl. I don't know what the odds are for all that stuff, but I'm gonna see if we'll I can find to, that bet. Let me, yeah, we'll have to go back and look if you've been writing them down and 
after next week we'll see how many we have on there is like bets we really like because there were some weeks where we didn't have any mm-hmm. um and see what it is and then if we're feeling confident in anyone we can maybe evaluate it and put a like a five you know five dollar parlay on it or something and see how it pays out at the end of the year i like that we'll have recorded evidence of how seth and i retired and it's going to be betting on the rams yeah <laughs> it's gonna be good stuff so free money out there in la go get you some we head south now to arizona lot a lot of changes for the Cardinals they're a team that's really looking to make the jump and get deeper into the playoffs they just missed the playoffs last year by a game I had a chance in week 17 to make it against the Rams but they lose to John Wolford instead Arizona's big get in free agency JJ Watt who was mercifully let go from Houston in the offseason so they bring him in also AJ Green yeah. Uh, in case you forgot, he's a guy out there. So I, whether or not he's washed, I don't know. But Arizona seems like a pretty good place for crazy old veterans to go and continue to have success, a la Larry Fitzgerald. So I like the Green signing. I, I thought this was a good one for them. What did you think? Yeah, I like it too. He's not AJ Green in capital letters anymore. I mean, he's he's, but he's still better than a lot of receivers out there. And like, yeah, with Larry Fitz most likely not returning, I think this is a good third wide receiver for that team. If he is any good. This is going to be one of the top wide receiving cores in the league. Yeah. Certainly, he joins uh, Hopkins in there. So if Hopkins goes and, and gets uh, his shots, then they'll be pretty good too. Christian Kirk was quietly really good last year too. Yeah, they're a team that is. They're pretty good at evaluating wide receivers. Their draft, their last mm-hmm. few drafted guys have been pretty pretty solid. They bring in a new center. They also go get Malcolm Butler. I think we talked about him a few weeks ago, formerly of the Patriots and Titans. Yeah. Um, so also, there's an addition to the secondary. But they lose Patrick Peterson to the yeah. Vikings, which I know you were stoked about. So. Skull. Skull there. Matt Prater, he gets added. Love Matt, Matt Prater. Prater. I think he had a game winner in their preseason game over the weekend. So it'd be nice to see Prater out west. They also signed uh, James Conner as well from the Steelers. That's right. Yeah. He's another one of those guys that I know you're not high on him. He's certainly popped a couple of times, but as a piece of a backfield, I think could yeah. have some success yeah. if, if not as the workhorse starter. Chase Edmonds is, a, is also a really good running back. He's a little bit more of a home run hitter. And whereas James Conner is a little bit more of your solid first and second down guy. And so I think that that backfield in general, like looking at fantasy, it's going to suck because they're going to just eat into each other's time. But in terms of an actual NFL backfield, they're actually, it's going to be really solid, I think. Better than what they've had with David Johnson and like last year, Kenyon Drake kind of underperformed. So I, th- I think they'll, their backfield will be a little bit more stable this year. They certainly need it. Getting that balance back there is something that I think bit them. Uh, they relied a lot on Murray last year. So if they can get some balance, that'll be better for him and them. Arizona has the 28th ranked draft class, according to NFL.com. So not a lot better than the Rams. Uh, they get a linebacker from Tulsa, Zaven he Collins. Is, he's really good. I think that defense is going to be – I could see him being a uh, a potential like rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year guy from what I've heard. His highlight tape is pretty fucking sick. He's a monster. Mm-hmm. They had a uh, – there's a quote in this article. When the coach called him to tell him, hey, we're going to draft you, what he said was, Steve – we're going to fucking kill everyone. <laughs> I, I hope he's wrong, but that's that's a pretty good attitude. I, yeah. I, I like when guys come out saying shit like that. They get, they go wide receiver in round two, Rondale Moore from yeah, Purdue. Yeah, he's, he's good. He was a, he's been a formal Heisman candidate in the past. I think he has, I think he has the record at, at Purdue for uh, receiving. Smaller guy, uh, and he's going to do a lot of his damage like around the line of scrimmage, but once he's in space, he's going to be... He, he's a guy that I think, like, if A.J. Green doesn't pan out, he's going to come on later on in the year and or next season and be really good for them. That's Rondell Moore, second-round pick. They go corner in round three and some non-sexy picks in the non-sexy rounds. So, you know, 
decent, but uh, according to NFL.com, not the greatest draft class this season. There is a shitload of talent on this roster. It feels to me like a, I don't know, like a summer salad. Like they threw a lot of shit in from a lot of different places and they're hoping it works well. Who knows? I mean, you know, it remains to be seen. This team could be mediocre to bad. It could be really, really fucking good. You know, we talked about DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and then the rookie Rondell Moore. Pretty solid wide receiver room. We talked about Chase Edmonds and James Conner, the tandem in the backfield. They return Max Williams, the tight end. Not a lot of news around their offensive line. I think that stays pretty well intact. J.J. Watt sticks around. Chandler Jones was a really solid player last year, so they're excited to have him alongside J.J. Watt. He's in a holdout right now, though, because he's, I mean, he's awesome. He's really good, and he's in a holdout right now because he's kind of pissed that J.J. Watt got the money he got. Mm -hmm. Um, Older guy, and Chandler Jones has been there for a little bit and has had stellar production. So hopefully they can get his his situation wrapped up because him and J.J. Watt, even though J.J. Watt's older, those two could still be very, very disruptive on the the defensive line. Absolutely. The last thing the NFC West needs is Arizona having a good defense, uh, which is not something they've had to deal with. They return all their coaches. Buda Baker, (laughs) I have to mention him, most famous for getting chased down by um, (laughs) DK Metcalf, but a really solid safety back there. This is a defense that looks like it should be improved. Um, It's an offense that is just swimming with speed and talent. Kyler Murray showed his stuff last year in a really strong and positive way. I, it's a tough division, Seth. There are some divisions in football I would I would predict these guys to be in the mix for a division title. Mm-hmm. In the NFC West, though, what's your prognosis for Arizona? You think they're making the jump this year? I do. I think that they're. I, like I said earlier, I think it's going to be between it's going to be between the Rams and the and the Cardinals for that division. Personally, is what I what I'm thinking. I just think that this team takes a jump up offensively. I think Carla Murray, Murray takes another step up. Hopefully, as, as long as Chandler Jones reports and plays, then I think that that defense is going to be very, very good. Maybe not very, very good, but better. I think overall will be better, and especially if that if Collins hits too, if if he's you know as good as everyone's saying right there. I think uh, I mean you look at the Bears and Cleo Mack, you know from and really the Raiders, like when when he immediately made an impact on uh, that defense and and at least made them competent. I think and especially with the Bears, he made them into like top three defense still right away so if, if this guy can catch on and and you know help out the cardinals defense that's huge jj watt i think is a good good piece buddha baker's awesome i like the cardinals a lot i think that they can pop i think that they can have a lot of big plays you know hopkins and murray could be the best duo in the league you know just based off mm-hmm. of their talent alone i'm excited for them again if i had to pick one i'd go with the rams but i think the cardinals have a shot to to win that division well, you're going to love this then. Super Bowl odds for Arizona plus 4,800. So they're in like oh. the bottom third, which uh, is this in your dark horse category? You think they got enough talent to warrant putting a few bucks on this at big at big payout odds? Yeah, I would sprinkle a little bit on there. Do I think they win? No, but I would sprinkle a little bit on that. If they come out of the West, like if, you know, if, if they do really, you know, come out strong and end up winning the West, at that point, I would love them as, as a Super Bowl team. We'll see. Now's the time to get it at good odds. Again, that's plus 4,800. And I got a feeling you're going to love this one too, Seth. Over yeah. under is set at eight and a half games. Ooh. You can get plus 105 if they Put go over there. eight and Let's a half. Go. You love it, I'm sure. Let's go. It's going to be tough within that division, but I mean, they have a third place schedule and I think they're a lot better than a third place team. Plus 4,800 on the Super Bowl, but plus 105 on over eight and a half games. 
Uh, Seth loves this one. We're highlighting that bet slip and sticking it on the wall there. Big money again. A lot of money out here in the West. NFC North didn't have a lot of money in it, but the West does. You can make some on the Cardinals. I think we might be able to bet the, the last team, too. San Francisco this year. We'll talk about some of their additions here. Trent Williams, the tackle. He, I believe, is a re-signing, as well yeah. as Kyle Juszczyk. Came there at the end of last year. Williams, solid tackle. Solid tackle. Juszczyk, Alex Mack, the center. Uh, Samson Ibukam, who we mentioned from the Rams. How old is Alex Mack? He's got to be old. 35. Okay, I was going to say, like, I know he's been playing for a long time. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, looks it looks like he's 13th the, the Falcons? year. He has been on the Falcons. Yep. Man, oh man, he is old. (laughs) I can't believe you know that. Yeah, he was, I think he might have been on that Super Bowl Falcons team. He probably doesn't want to talk about that, but. (laughs) Mac, use check, all coming back. Uh, Samson Ibukam, DJ Jones, Jaquiski Tart. I don't know the rest of these guys. I think the key departures, I don't really see anything here. I think the big thing, you know, we'll take a look at the draft. I think returning from injury is the biggest category for these guys. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about some of those guys in what's a really solid roster. But they did get a top draft pick. They were number number three. They took Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Trey. Trying to capitalize on that, uh, that Mahomes energy. You know, physical guy can move around. Big arm. Uh, small school. So we'll see if he can jump in there. See whether or not he can get the starting job from Garoppolo right away. Yeah. The rest of these picks are, are some solid ones. It's a it's the number seventh ranked draft class according to NFL.com. They go offensive guard. Uh, they get a running back, defensive back. Trey. Couple, yeah. <laughs> another Trey there, yeah. Yeah, Trey Sermon from Ohio State is a good running back. Ohio State cranks out fucking dope-ass running backs. So yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that that's the case. And obviously some yeah. non-sexy picks later on as well. They do pretty well at San Francisco too. Yeah, they like this is the, true. The Ohio State backs. Trey Sermon joins the room with Raheem Mostert, who I love Mostert. If you've not watched this guy run, he runs fucking hard. Mm -hmm. Um, This is also a sneaky, awesome wide receiving room. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, who's another guy I just love watching. Mm -hmm. And then Mohamed Sanu. He he comes over from Atlanta. Patriots, though. Patriots, sorry. I forgot he went over there and didn't do anything. (laughs) Offensive line should stay good. Got healthy again. A lot of injuries on defense last year as well. But they bring back Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Nick Bosa and D Ford also. So that defensive line is going to be the focal point of yeah. the defense again. And a, a pretty solid defensive backfield. They do lose, of course, Sherman. Uh, Richard Sherman this year. So they get a little bit younger. Kittle's back at tight end too. He was hurt a lot last year. Yeah, he was one of the big ones. And you know, this is a team in general that it feels like one of those years that just kind of didn't matter to San Fran. They all got hurt early. Uh, mm-hmm. They end up getting a, a really good draft pick out of it. Then everyone gets healthy again. I see why Vegas likes this team. It could be just that we're forgetting, you know, that that this team was so good two seasons ago before all these injuries. It, it still looks like a good roster. I'm I'm with you. I don't think this is as good a roster necessarily as the uh, Vegas folks seem to be. And one of the reasons why is that Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Uh, yeah. You know, that quarterback battle between him and Trey Lance, who knows how that turns out. I don't love putting the rookie in week one, but I also really don't love Garoppolo. He's shown he's got a winning record. I don't know that he puts you over some of these other teams in the West. That also, There's great quarterbacks on every team in the West, and I think Garoppolo might be the fourth best one at this point. Oh, very, very much so. Do you remember, though, the season? So they went they went to the Super Bowl, not last year, but the year before, right? 2019? Yeah, the 2020 Super Bowl. The Chiefs beat them. Yeah. That's right. Do you remember, though, the year before they sucked, going into the season— no one had them on any sort of radar or anything like that. And throughout the entirety of the season, people were perplexed how they were doing so well. No one believed in them. They also were playing a fourth place schedule from the year before. There was always that question mark with them. And yes, they beat they, their defense was r- really, really good. And they, they beat some great teams. But they never 
there was there was just always a question mark and i always thought that i going into last year before all the injuries i did not think they were going to be that good yes they got a, had a lot of injuries and a lot of people missed they've also lost some people going into this year i do not see i don't see it i really don't i don't see how they are a super bowl favorite in the top five picks for the, or top 10 picks for the super bowl i get that there's talent on that team but i i don't see how you go and again they're playing a, they're, they are playing a are they fourth place schedule yeah they're fourth place schedule yeah. again this year so that's that'll help them but i just don't see how losing five people makes them go from the super bowl to the third pick and be that bad that that means your team is thin as fuck and that also means that a couple things go wrong and you're gonna you're you're screwed the year that they went to the super bowl they got lucky because they didn't have any major injuries and i i would argue that they've gotten even less deep yeah if you, if you just look at i mean the running back room is is thinner now they've lost they lost two running backs no more richard sherman the cornerback room is kind of thin they've lost some linebackers over the last couple of years i i don't think this team is a super bowl contender whether it's lance or garoppolo i really don't and yes the receivers are good but they also all the receivers catch passes behind the line of scrimmage their offense was not good last year even when garoppolo was in in and out of the lineup so they were missing more people on defense than they were on offense so i don't know i i don't believe in this team at all i really don't well i love that take i'm a fan <laughs> some of the analysts are really excited about this team i love hearing that you know you made a really good point about depth you know people are going to get hurt and mm-hmm. the second people got hurt last year and they were big injuries but you're right you got to have people are you still that good a team if a few you know a handful of injuries are, are going to completely derail you and put you in a top five draft pick we'll see here but i got a feeling i know where our bets are going to go here so on the super bowl they are the sixth best team according Skip to vegas it. at plus 1400 not betting that one bye uh, win totals here for San Francisco over under also at 10 and a half. I don't, under. I don't know if they're not Slam counting it. the fucking, <laughs> they're not it. counting the games in the NFC West. I think everyone's going to win 12 games. Um, <laughs> yeah. plus a hundred if they go over 10 and a half and get that 11th Hammer. win, but you love the under Hammer. at minus 120. I don't even, it could have been minus, uh, I mean, yeah, it could have been minus 200. I don't care. I would have still made some money on it. Hammer the under hammer it. I love that. I got nothing to add to that even. So that's just saying. I would do an NFC West parlay with just the over-unders for that. I'm loving this energy right now, Seth. You seem pretty certain, and and I'm feeling it. I really am. San Francisco is is Vegas' favorite at plus 190 to win this division. Insane. Yeah, it blows my mind. It's San Fran, it's LA, Seattle, Arizona is what Vegas says. Give me the Rams and then Seattle. I think Russ is going to get them close. And maybe Arizona by like a game is going to be those two. And I see them both as wildcard teams. And then San Francisco to bring up the, the rear. So I have LA, Seattle, Arizona, San Fran. What do you say? I say flip the middle. LA, Arizona, Seattle. No. You know what? I like the Niners more than I do like Seattle, actually. I just think that the Niners have a better defense overall. I go Seattle finishing fourth. LA, Arizona, San Francisco, Seattle. I'm loving this, man. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I fear you may not be, but I. Right. Uh, I if hope I'm you wrong, are. it's just because Arizona finishes first and not LA. That's a fair point. The Rams still be a wild card team, so I guess that's not the end of the world. So we like the Rams to take this division and Arizona to make a big jump. Seattle and San Francisco maybe sliding the other way, but we'll see how the NFC West. A lot of eyes going to be on this division all season. Can't wait to see a lot of these games live myself. Gonna be a fun season. So let us know on the comments out there at sociallyconstipatedpod.com whether you think that we're idiots about this division, whether you think Vegas is an idiot, and let us know how much you're going to bet on Seth's NFC West parlay. Uh, probably going to get some 
some fat stacks going, uh, if you like that one. NFC West, big division this year, and we like the Rams to win it. That's what we got for this week's bathroom reading. Sitting on the toilet. Now flush. All right. Well, now that we know where the Super Bowl champ is coming from, uh, <laughs> let's get this show wrapped up. And we're going to do that with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I'm going to show you a highlight, Seth, that explains why the Rams are the best team in the league. This is from the fourth quarter of their preseason game last week. This is third string quarterback Bryce Perkins. Just take a look at this one, man. As Perkins eludes the rush. Perkins with a little bit of stiff arm, and then he leaps on third and nine and gets the first down. The crowd goes wild. People love a good hurdle. We love that. We love that. Mina Kimes. She's hilarious. I, I like her. It, yeah, she's funny. I think he should be the running back on that team. He may end up being. <laughs> that would Get be actually there. pretty cool if that were to work out for him, if he was able to be the, the running back. Oh, I would love it. I don't know if I want him to play quarterback because he doesn't seem like a very smart guy. He stiff-armed a defensive end and then jumped over a, a safety. It worked. Quarterback doing that in preseason ball, but he might have made the team. Pretty sick little highlight yeah, there. That's um, true. It's going to be good. But Stafford's going. He's going to play 16 games, so we don't need to worry about that too much. Well, he might have to miss one then, I guess. Shit, 17. He's, he's going to get hurt. Well, he won't have to play last one because they'll have already locked up the number one seed <laughs> by then. They'll be benching. I, you know how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Can you go ahead and pull up the uh, the stats for the Raiders game? Mostly because I just want to look at I heard the stats, but I want to look at them. For former uh, six picks in a game, Nathan Peterman, he played for the Bills, came in through six picks. But he got the start for the preseason game for the Raiders this week and played all the way to the last two minutes of the game. So for some reason, John Gurdon needed a good look at Nathan Peterman because he started <laughs> the entire game through 39 passes for 246 yards and a pick. I think just the crazy thing is that never happens. No one ever starts an entire game no. in a preseason game. That's and strange. John Gruden is just like, you know what? Get out there, Peterman. Yeah, Mariota, I think, is hurt, and then they weren't going to start Carr, but... Normally, there's at least there's another quarterback on the roster. I think. Yeah. Uh, they can bring have a practice one. squad guy at least. You would think they probably right? can't this week, so maybe that's why they did it. But everyone else was probably out there for like maybe like a few drives or whatever, and he was like, "Jesus Christ, what the fuck? I'm not in season shape yet." Yeah. Yeah. Thirty nine passes. That's that's a lot, even in a even a regular season game though. So yeah. Nathan Peterman they, really getting the show with stuff there. <laughs> they didn't even get the, like the running backs didn't even really get a ton of looks because they had Peterman out there slinging it the whole game. The Raiders do win this game twenty to seven. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty good sign, I guess, for Peterman. Yeah, he's uh, who knows? It's exciting to see that guy still in the league. You know, it would have been easy for him to be completely out after his initial impression. I think, so I think the week that he threw the six, the the six picks, and the, I think two of them went back for touchdowns. I'm pretty sure I had the D. I think it was the Chargers. They were playing the Chargers that week because I had the Chargers defense, and I won oh, that man. matchup by like a country mile because I think they scored that defense scored like 35 that week or something. Jesus. Well. If Peterman does make his way into the lineup, make sure you get the defense uh, that he's going up against. But this week he looks like a star. He gets a win in the preseason. So we got some backup quarterbacks showing out this week in one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Don't forget to hit that link. Get out there to sociallyconstipatedpod.com. And comment if you want to join our fantasy league. Uh, you got a couple weeks left to make yourself known if you'd like to do so. Don't forget to check out all of our social media posts, all of our other episodes, of course, 
Entertainment Outhouse this Friday, uh, Socially Constipated coming back on Monday, and then on Wednesday, August 25th, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific Time on the J-Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. It's going to be another Entertainment Outhouse uh, live recording, so we hope that you'll join us there. AFC West next week, talk about the second place finishers, the Chargers, along with their division mates in next week's show. And we're getting you ever closer to that week one kickoff just a couple weeks away. So make sure you come on back for more grunts next week. But that'll wrap us up for this time. For Seth Ott, I've been Cody Michael, and we'll see you next week. Bye.